episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or even listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheInTheNow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. Oh, the horror. The 10 Scream Queens left in the main competition got their spookiest acting on. While some were a horror delight, others were a ghastly mess. So who's getting top acting honors? It's time to talk all things Drag Race España 3. And joining me is my favorite final girl, Jeremy. Who are you? Hello, hello, hello. Long time no see. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, which is funny because yeah, no, this one's coming out after anyway. So you'll get to see Jeremy twice on the podcast. Who, who would have thunk it? Right. I was like, you know, I'm 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 obviously the fave. Uh JKJ. <laughs> no, honestly, it's the truth. We all know it. Everyone knows you're my favorite. No secret anymore. <laughs> well, friends, first off, pronunciations. I apologize. I am trying to get better. Um, Spanish is it's been a long time since I was in high school. I don't remember much. But my retention rate is really, really bad. And and you would think maybe if like this was the only franchise that I was watching, I would learn things. There's too much drag race. Because I got some drag news of the week. Are you ready? I'm ready. Well, got to keep my Spanish uh, prep going because Drag Race Mexico teaser has been dropped. Did you I'm, see it? Are you excited? I did see it. I'm excited. Rue just going country to country at this point. She sure is. Now. I am not saying anything is official. I don't know anything. But when I was at DragCon UK, they made the big announcement for Drag Race Belgique, which Rita Vega was that. There's been a lot of rumblings about who's hosting Drag Race Mexico. And there are two alumni of Drag Race who will be present at DragCon LA. And I'm predicting they will be officially announced as I'm not sure if they're hosting or if they're going to be more so like a jiggly. Um, but I'm predicting we are going to get the announcement to, that we will see Valentina and Lolita Banana on the panel for Drag Race Mexico. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm excited for it. Like if that's if that comes down to the case, I think one another great way to get more people to watch Drag Race from a different franchise from a different country by you know putting people that you know uh or putting people faces that people know um and yeah i think they would also honestly would be great at judging yeah they have the experience and i think they know they know obviously an aesthetic of drag but they know what they're talking about meanwhile V's is like damn it if i was on a season one season earlier it could have been me right <laughs> sorry visa sorry visa but we'll talk about you a lot this episode all right, before I begin, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast where we discuss reality TV show characters and best reality television production. We are showing the editing and television wants to see. We react to the You see real people and give them an opportunity to go to television share the crap, but they have also been discussed. This is an podcast for an entertainment discuss reality television show. Four episodes into Drag Race España 3. Where are we ranking it? Number one, number two, or number three? Because I have a very strong feeling right now. Like ranking in terms of like of all the three seasons, yeah. Or season yeah. three, I think probably two. I'm going three. It's the bottom right now. Something magical has to happen soon because I'm. It, 
one and two were just that good. Very strong, very strong in like the Queens, what was being asked of like, this cast is different. We can tell, mm-hmm. we can tell they're different. Yeah, very, very different. But like, can we now, talk about also the production value of how it just got up from season two? It sure down, sure down did. Uh, now, friends, what we will not be discussing are the rumors of Drag Race España All-Stars. Because they're out there. That's all I'm saying. Jeremy yeah. and I will talk about it offline. Yes, that, that's an offline conversation. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's dive into this episode. Kelly is staying and she has already beaten Samantha Valentine's. Why are they going to make so many Samantha Valentine's jokes? Are we being lubed up for something? Why does production love her so much? What did I not see in Samantha Valentine's? Honestly, I can't tell you. I really can't. <laughs> because she's the one doing all the interviews um, with the queens and or, and doing like the pit stop for Espana. I'm like, her of all people? Mm-hmm. She was terrible. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. No, she was. She's bad. Okay. She's bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, a big hand for Chanel who called them all bitches. And Hornella didn't like that. But isn't bitch just like a term of endearment in the gay community nowadays? At this point. At this yeah. point. Yeah. Kelly will whip away Chanel, wipe away Chanel and thank her for leaving. Was that really a tough lip sync? It felt a bit lopsided. It was. Chanel had no chance. Oh, yeah. No, Chanel was. No. No. No, no. One by one, the girls are leaving and they can feel the gaps. Petita is called an icon for her 50 pieces that got her 2,500 euros. Meanwhile, Paquita did not win, but she has a warning for Petita. Be careful. Picatita, because that's the combo name. Again, I ask, why did the producers put them in the same cast? It's very confusing. I know, Petita, Paquita, it's... Picatita, that's the combo. We're calling them Picatita. Now the queens are going to de-drag as Paquita will climb on the table and need Mommy Vanya to help her down. Uh, we're going to talk about um, how big Paquita is later on when we get to the acting challenge because um, she might be smaller than you. Is she? Oh my I god! I think so. Oh my goodness! She tiny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, and they're going to ask the Macarena if she removed her makeup, which is shady because she was painted like an old lady. But what's even better, Clover has entered the chat as she thought Pink Shadora did her makeover on her. It's always the quiet ones you have to watch out for. It really is. They'd be sneaky. They'd be sneaky. Very, very shady. I love it, Clover. Save it for the reading challenge, but good job. This is war. A new day, and the queens march in to honor Chanel, but this time Kelly was saved by the power of three and drag wizards. I don't know where this came from. This came out of nowhere. It really, um, I was like, look, I was like watching it, and then I had to like replay it back. I was like, wait, what, what happened? <laughs> are you a wizard, Jeremy? What house are you in? So fun fact, um, fun fact, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, never watched Harry Potter. <gasps> I know. Uh huh. Uh huh. But um, my boyfriend is into Harry Potter, also plays a game, and said I'm like a Hufflepuff potentially. That that checks out. You're a hell. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um, I finally finished watching Harry Potter last week um, <laughs> because I'm going to the Wizarding World um, this week. Um, I am Ravenclaw. Um, can you ask your boyfriend what wand I should buy? Because I have to get a wand if I'm going. So let me we'll know do. which wand I should get. We'll do. 
Um, they have been there for some time, or as Vania says, it's episode 4,382. Bitch, you don't get to make that joke unless you do my job and cover all of Drag Race because I think it might be episode 4,382 of the year already. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And we got, we got a new season starting this week. I know. They really said... No breaks, no breaks. No breaks, no breaks. The table is bigger, and as Clover says, they no longer have to rub nipples. Okay, if you say so. Petita will give a kiss to Chanel from her soul. Meanwhile, Paquita is like, to hell with you, Chanel. What a vast variety of admiration for the trade of the season. I know. (laughs) She was so hot. She was. Gorgeous. Now, maybe I'm not seeing it, but Bestia is going to say that some cliques are forming. It's the drag wizards, which she compares to Alaska talks. Kelly is like, I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. Kelly will say that she, Paquita, and Hornella had already met and they just happened to get to know each other better. I suppose if it were an actual Alaska talk situation, the producers would have highlighted it a bit more. They would have. That, that would have been like the first thing that, like, we're what, episode four? Yeah. We, we should have seen that on episode two already. <laughs> Very strange. Now, Hornella says they have cast a spell on them to which the Macarena is curious to see how long this coven lasts. Well, spoiler, it's over this episode. So how is Kelly feeling? She's feeling fine and she's already made mistakes and she cannot be more ridiculous. All right. Sure. So what do they think the week will bring? Pink Shador wants some comedy acting to which Paquita is like, aren't you sick and tired of acting the clown? She's good at it. Don't underestimate the clown. Never underestimate the clown. The alarm blares as we get our Supreme message teasing horror and spookiness. Supreme arrives, and that suit was fabulous. Would you wear it? Yes. Oh, my God. That was fun. That was like, I was like, ooh. It was. It looked like it was hand-painted. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. As always, we learn about the prize package, and this week we will hear that the Macarena would do with the 30,000 euros. She would buy a fried food shop. I mean, probably same. I like food. I like food. Right, look, wait, a business and doing, like, look at a, a drag queen restaurant. There it is. Dare I call it Hamburger Mary's. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. Um, <laughs> today, they will feel fear. But before, we can learn why. Oh, pick crew. Also, friends, you can purchase your exclusive block talk. Oh, twink crew tease on Redbubble. Jeremy, I know you want one, don't you? I do want one. The way I'm going to order one and model it, y'all. Do it, please. Um, They will be on display at DragCon this weekend because I'm making my assistants wear it because what are they? Twinks. The Horny Queens will be forming three teams, one of four and two of three. But to determine what team they are on, they will take a balloon from the big sack and pop it on the ass of the pit crew. Jeremy, how would you do with this task? The way I would pop these balloons? Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I kind of want to get in my Dom error. Like maybe I Whoa. just like. What if I just like you know put it on their chest and like stomp on it? Wow. Okay. I was like, wow. Jeremy's an actor now. Dom error. Right. Okay. Right. I can pretend it. Insane. I can fake it. You I can, can fake it. Fake, fake it till you make it. That's how it works. All right, the Macarena will select Yellow Wendy Man to explode her balloon, and when he assumes the position, she is very giddy. Uh, she is seeing ass for the first time in weeks. She says she's a bit rusty, so she uses her head. Okay, she's going to be on blue. <laughs> Bestia wishes the pit crew would have farted in her face, and to be honest, that would have been hilarious. 
Bestia will select the blue man, and since she is queer, she likes to go ass to ass like a suction cup. I heard that's your preferred method of madness for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, after some time, she will be on team yellow. Vania's turn, and she will get right into yellow's crotch, but she will slam blue as she is very giddy. She explodes in one thrust and is on team pink. Kelly thinks the blue man has been partying all weekend, so she picks him and, well, one thrust and she's on pink. She will then reveal that from Monday to Thursday, she is an active stud, a.k.a. a top, but Friday to Sunday, she's a power bottom. Um, Sound familiar? Sounds like me. Wow. Yeah, it is. Pink Shadora, who has a man, will take yellow and thrust into him front to front and be on team pink. I was like, good thing there is a balloon, otherwise peen to peen. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say maybe someone was excited and that's why it burst as fast as it did. With Tita's turn, and she will go the route of using her good hand because everybody loves fisting. That's not true at all. Some people do. I'm not going to yuck your yum. If you like it, go for it. Just It's good for you. I have heard horror stories. Um, anyway, she's on yellow. Yellow for her. Um, yeah, horror stories. Uh, like... I had a friend's friend go to the hospital after a fisting accident. I was like, nope. Oh, no. Uh, right? I, I accidentally fisted someone. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Or, oh, yes. I don't know which one. No, it was no. <laughs> no, I did not. I did. It, it, one minute it was like, yes, this is, wow, I'm doing this. And then, whoof, fist up in there. And I was like, did that just happen? Yeah, pass. Paquita will shake her balloon before doing it the Christian way. She's not thrusting no balloon with her pelvis. She has taken the blue guy and is having him hold it between his manly, manly arms and bite down. She's on yellow. Juanella grabs a balloon, whips yellow butt around because she's hungry for some ass. She's ready to burst and she does it in one smash. She's on pink. Clover's turn. And well, she is a woman and she wants to make sure the pit crew is okay with that. I was like, that is very respectful of you. It was. It was. She's a bit intimidated by so much bare skin. I would be too. Me too. I'd be like, ooh. I mean, I'd be like, I'm so into this, but oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, she's on blue after she puts quote super active on her as the captions say, grindry profile <laughs> someone's got to help them out there we got we got to help them out <laughs> there's got to be an intern on that staff that knows what grinder is there has to be no <laughs> visa is ready for physical contact she's horny so we'll showcase that she is not a top she can't get it to birth she's taking her time then she finally gets it and the way that pit crew guy just screamed out um yeah the two of them are going to do it the rap poverty she's at blue is this a challenge helping our case that drag is not this legitimate question here you know <laughs> you bring up a really good question because all fox news has to do is show this clip and we're done it's over for all of us honestly you're right you're right but our people on fox news watching Espana. Yes, because there are probably uh, some closeted homosexuals on that staff at Fox News. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, we're real. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so here's how the teams break down officially. Blue has Macarena, Visa, and Clover. Pink is Vania, Kelly, Hornella, and Pink Shadora. And yellow is Petita, Paquita, and Bestia. What did you think of the team breakdown? Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. 
it's a mix mm-hmm. so like it's it's like i think for me looking how the, how the teams ended up coming together it allows it to like read as like wow this could be anyone's like kind of challenge yeah uh to win but like it's uh, it feels so random it, it is a like a random group of pairings i feel like none of these people would have picked any of the same partners if they got a choice no they wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. it's finally time to learn about the master challenge this week they will tackle the infamous spanish horror film are you a horror film fan what's your I scary most favorite scary movie i do love horror mm-hmm. i would say my favorite horror movie legitimately i think because i watched it so young and i loved it even though like i was nauseous after watching it was like the original Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, like the OG okay. one. And I watched that when mm-hmm. I was like six or seven years old with my parents, and I remember just being so much so nauseous from it. Yeah, uh, but I was like, I lived for it. So, I, and I was raised in a horror household. So, how oh, nice. I I wouldn't say that I'm a huge horror fan, but I appreciate the genre. Um, but I definitely because of my age um scream is the movie that i would identify with uh because i was at an age where i shouldn't have watched the first movie somehow did a couple years later when it was on like probably hbo at like midnight um did you see scream six no but it's on my it's on my watch list to it's on paramount plus right now go watch it. it's pretty good when you watch it i I expect a text message because i have a lot of thoughts and i have not been able to share it with people um very good movie not happy with certain things. That's all I'm going to say. If you have seen it and want to slide into my DMs and have a conversation, let's do it. I'm really excited to talk about it. Anyway, it is time to reveal the movies they will be making. For Pink, they will recreate El Guaranatato. Yellow gets Drag Wreck, and Blue has Las Otras. Which one would you have wanted to be a part of? Let's be real. My ass don't know how to act. Sure, it does. Your ass knows how to act because you're so sweet and kind to me. And you, the otherwise, you're like, oh my god, he's a fucking asshole. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I I think for oh gosh, yeah, no. With the with the the way the witch how I I think for me, if I was any of these if any of these contestants, I wanted to be on the team with a person that can act, so I can look somewhat like take some notes while I'm doing the performance. Yeah, absolutely. It's time to reveal that there's scripts on the table, but before Supreme goes, it's time to share that their guest judge and director will be Paco Plaza. He is the original creator of the film's wreck. So there's our tie-in to the challenge. The queens head to their tables to dive into the scripts and pick their parts. First up is the pink team doing El Guananato. What does this mean? Well, according to Google, it's slut or sow, so pig. Now it all makes sense. At first, before when I was first watching and didn't Google anything, I was like, I don't get the joke. What is happening? Did you know it? Is this was this colloquialism for you? It was not. No, mm-mm. I was like, yeah, I was like, it's so different. Like the Spaniard Spanish. Will Mexico be easier for you? Probably. OK, well, we'll, we'll see, because you'll probably be on the podcast. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say all right, so the characters are Lame, the mother, Simona, the daughter, Tomosa, Simona's hooded friend, and Juana y Miriam. They're all laughing as Kelly says that their script is tailor-made for them. They already know who they will be playing. Vania relates to the girl. She wants to feel younger for a change. 
Same girl. But which girl? Vanya is like, give me the pig. And Pink Shinar is like, great, I'll be Simona. With the older queens playing younger, Kelly and Hornella will play the adults with Hornella taking Juana and Kelly playing Alame. Kelly is worried about having too many lines. She says her short-term memory is destroyed. Ditto. Um, Kelly and I are basically the same age. Jeremy, mm -hmm. when you get this old, just it's over. It's it. It's, you're done. I'm going to lose all my memory. I'm going to just have short-term memory, right? I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. Damn. Yeah, it's it's done. I'm sorry. Damn. How many? How Enjoy many? your twenties while you can. How many more years? I don't know. Get wiped up now, because if you're if you're not wiped up by now, no uh, one wants you. Until you have um, lots of gray hair. Um, oh my god, I found some gray hair in my beard the other day, and I almost had a mental breakdown. I was like, oh my god. And then I told someone, like, Daddy is like, no, 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 no. Well, can you pull? Off? I think you can pull off Silver Fox. I don't want to find out. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> now that they have their roles, they will gossip about the other two teams. They think Paquita Urbaca, as they call her, is funny, but spontaneously funny. They think it will be important for her to pick the right role. They note that if Petita looks and um, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel pretty, if she's going to feel ugly, she's going to fail. So let's find out what's going on with that team. They open their scripts to read that the character descriptions are Angela Portora, the TV reporter. She is a journalist looking forward to finding a big scoop to boost her career, but a workmate will make it hard for her. Pabla has been cameraman for all her life and has a gift to detect a stupid reporter, which is why she can't send Angela. And finally, there is Estana Medeiros, the cause of a cannibal epidemic. We love it. Um, great. Are you watching Yellow Jackets? I... I, I just, okay, so I just got the uh, Showtime added mm -hmm. to my Paramount. Um, I watched the first episode. I am hooked. I am ready to just, you know, work has just been so busy, so I'm ready just to take a weekend. It's just, wild. Just to, like, watch it, because I've, I've heard so many good things about the show. It's good. Petita couldn't be happier with her team because she loves them both, and they were all in the top last week. Paquita will say that Angela is the most difficult role, and she'll be honest. She doesn't want to remember all the lines. Tristana is the one with the least lines. They will give Paquita the role she wants, as she is already responsible to be Chanel, and that did not go over well. Paquita will volunteer as tribute to play Angela. It's difficult and will need help remembering lines. Angela is the reporter and wants to be the star, so she relates to the character. Playing the fool is not hard for her. What about for you? Can you play the fool? I think I can play the fool well. Yeah, you can totally smile and look pretty, and people will think you're um just the the dumbo. Honestly, and then you'd be like, "What do you do for work?" And be like, "Oh." Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Vestia is like Pablo is the role I like the least, but she'll do it if she has to. She has the least lines and has the least funny bits, but she'll do her best. Would you be a team player or would you fight for the role you want? Dare I say, would you let loose? Let loose? <laughs> no, I think for me personally, because I'm such a go, go with the flow kind of person. Mm -hmm. And also like I'm hyper aware of like, you know, who I'm working, like if I'm working with someone, being super hyper aware would be like, yeah, I can, I'll take whatever part knowing damn well, I'm gonna do my best no matter how less line how many lines i have or not yeah um or something out of character like legit just go full force on it yeah i i think for this combo this was the right move to make because it, it all just fell into place 
you put a team with the Macarena. No, no, no. You're going to fight because if she gets her way, it's going to, she's going to steamroll it. Yep. Let's talk about our final team. Our characters include Grace Portavenier, the mother who is sick and tired of living inside a room with her daughter who suffers from photosensitivity. She needs a nanny urgently to take care of her. So she's holding auditions. There is Anna Lalaking, who is the daughter who suffers from photosensitivity and is very pale, spoiled girl who manipulates her mother. She just told her mother she is a lesbian and doesn't want to be looked after by a man. She prefers women. And then we have Mary Pompins, who is a nanny who confused the films in the nanny audition. She is professional and vengeful. Again, is this a colloquialism? What is Mary Pompins? What was this supposed to joke? Be. I don't know what the joke was supposed to be, but I know the play on Mary Poppins. That's all I know. Yeah. Okay. If anyone wants to help us, um, Madam Asker, I'm looking at you. I know I didn't ask you this question yet, but I need help here. Clover will think on what she wants to play, but before she can answer, the Macarena believes that she is the smallest and would be the best at the girl. Clover says that this challenge is difficult and she is a bit worried. She knows that they are three very different people, which their own sense with their own sense of humor, so they're going to have to compliment one another. Visa says that she relates more to Grace and Anna as she doesn't know about Mary Poppins. And I was like, there's no way you lived your entire life and don't know Mary Poppins. I know. I was so confused when they said that. I was like, wait, you don't, y'all don't know? Or maybe it's like in that moment when you're like, I don't know. But like, you know, you're reading something. You're like, I don't know what this is. Because the reality is you can't go home and Google it and then get into character. You are on set and you don't have access to anything. Exactly. So like, especially when you're in that moment, you're like, these just these just look like names and words. Yeah. The Macarena will say that she is comfortable with Mary Pompins as she's a sophisticated woman out of place lost in the movie to which Clover is like, it does fit you. Twice shady moments from Clover. Love it. The Macarena will give us two tips to playing Mary Pompins. First, wearing two bodies and three dresses in the butt. Second, the expression, which she still gives us that Mary grin. Um, she is ready. Uh, very, very ready. Uh, LaFille, if you were watching it, she was very triggered. Very, very triggered. Isn't that the episode you went home on? Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. None of the girls want to play along with the Macarena as Kelly wants her to shut her mouth because the Macarena wants to hear who's got the best scream. I'm not going to ask you to do it, but as the final girl, do you have a good scream? <laughs> I so funny enough, I don't scream. I uh-huh. just curse, I just curse very loudly. Okay, okay. So, so if you were about to be stabbed, you would just start cursing. I'd be like, fuck, 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 shit, fuck. All right, okay, okay. <laughs> Hornetta will joke that she sees a dead girl from season one, and well, the Macarena set herself up for that one. Um that was a good movie. I see dead people. Good, good times, good times, good times. This set, it's time to go film. It's very creepy, but hey, it's very campy. When I saw all those dolls, I was like, pass, hard pass. I don't like pass. creepy dolls. Yeah, no. Pink Shadara is ready to film, but she knows that she has to wait for her cues despite loving to improvise. Yeah, that's the whole point of acting. Speaking of, her team is first to film with Supreme and Paco Plaza, who has no idea what he is about to ha- what is about to happen on this here day. Um, even when we get to judging, he's like, what did I sign up for? Right, his face, his face and words are like, I, what? Ellie thinks Paco is handsome and says the name sounds important as it's the name of her dad too. Dare I ask, is that her actual father or her sugar daddy? Sugar daddy, sugar daddy. I think so too. 
we will learn that this is based on the film El Orenato or The Orphanage. Because I got to Google that one. Supremo will tell them to act, uh, act the opposite of Belen Ruda, the star of the film. Paco does not want cinema verite. And Hornella is like, I don't know what that means because that means truth. And our characters are not that. Now the filming starts. And we're going to see Kelly walk around with a limp. And then Paco yells, cut, in a toy megaphone. The campery. Um, do you have a toy megaphone at work? I don't, but I literally was talking to my supervisor about this, like just having one. You should have one. Programs happening here right now. Come. Yeah, I think you should have one. This cut is really for Pink Shador's cue and when she should come out from behind the curtain. He wants her to exaggerate. And well, she does that just with a lollipop. Now we will learn that the part of the plot, that part of the plot is Kelly's character cannot see Pink Shadora as she is dead, but Kelly is having a hard time not, not seeing Pink Shadora. Meanwhile, Kelly thinks Pink Shadora is too much with a lollipop. She just likes to suck like Jeremy. <laughs> Kelly uh-huh. is playing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That was a big lollipop. Do you think that was real? It had to be. It had, had to be because you cannot fake licking that thing for hours. No, and then also, can we just talk about like the um, the sound of the sucking that was going on in the background? I was like, that is just it. Just it, I was like, oh, she committed. She's committed. She, she definitely committed. <laughs> Kelly is playing the role very realistic, and then we get the entrance of Vanya, who can't see anything from underneath the sack. But when she reveals that pig face, oh wow, did this turn from horror to camp real fast? Honestly. And then Hornello arrives with that fake mustache and wow, what a character. Kelly can't stop laughing as the mustache looks like it was about to fall the fuck off. <laughs> That's what I'm like, production, come in here and like, just give her some more glue. Right, literally just, I mean, we all know this is production. Mm-hmm. You know how, despite the, you know, the show doing like a cut stop to be like, to give notes. I know damn well there's more cut stops that happen in between that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Paco wants Kelly to break the fourth wall with her line about her daughter being dead and look straight down the barrel of the camera. And well, she does it, but it's just not funny. It's not. Meanwhile, she tells us that it's going to be a great scene. Mm. It's time for the editors to do their thing with the lightning and the rain and the wet effect and the blurred effects. And every time Pink Shadora mentions one of those in confessionals, the editors do it to her. And that was funny. I love when the editors get into the action. I do. I do. They're like, oh, we know. We're going to play this up. All right. Next up, we get the set for to have a little bit of a makeover for now it's time to film Las Otras, which is a spin on The Others, which was a Spanish film starring Nicole Kidman. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I think I might go watch it because this sounded like a creepy fucking movie. Mm-hmm. The filming starts and Visa is playing Grace, the hot MILF, just like her. Clover is playing her character as a mixture of Andres Inestas and Zapatero's daughters. What? I didn't get the reference. Apparently, one Same. of them or both of them are soccer players, maybe? Oh. I don't know. Uh, she's just not sure what she's doing, and neither am I. Watching Visa and Clover was a bit cringe as when Paco yells cut, he wants them to use the space, reminds them that there are actually cameras there. He wants the audience to, you know, see their face. What a novel idea. Visa thought she was an actress and Mexico was waiting for her, but now she's not too sure. Not too sure. It is time for Mary Pompins to arrive. And the first thing she does is lift fabric off of an object. 
and there's a dead body there. Whoever could it be? Why, it's Maria Adelia. Why? Let's discuss. Why? Honestly, no answers. Did they lose a pit crew member? Was she just happening to be in the hotel? Because we know what the, the, there, there's a comeback twist at some point. But why just her? I was expecting the other two to pop up in the other two scenes. Same. Same. But what it secured, we lost her way too soon. She's good. She's funny. That means it reminds me of how this. Remember uh, many, many seasons ago of Drag Race? Um, the way they were just using Dahlia as <laughs> <laughs> Brock Ally. Yep. Brock yep, Ally. Yep. Again, it's like, was she just available? Did she have to? Very, very confusing. Um, but again, just that makeup and like the like the butch boy. That's it was very funny, very well done. Now we're gonna continue to watch and like Clover. Um, her thinking Paco Plaza is thinking what the hell is exactly going on is exactly what I was thinking too. Paco will give them a note that every time they say the others, it has to be campy and done right into the camera. Will they do it? No, because Visa is too busy looking at the pit crew's dick. And that is a real sentence that came out of Supreme Deluxe's mouth. RuPaul would never. Never. Would never. Never. Ru is like, dicks, that's scary. I bet Ru is very prudish at that old age. I think he might be. I think so, too. The filming is finished for them, and you can tell it's not going to be pretty. Finally, it's our last scene. Drag Wreck inspired by Paco Plaza's Wreck franchise. Um, this is they, He has made three Wreck films, um, so good on him. Do you think it's hardest for this team to film a parody based on the filmmaker's, filmmaker's work who is literally sitting feet in front of you? I think it is, because it's like... Especially if you're making like a campy, fun version of it. Yeah. And they're like right there, and they're like, what the hell? I mean, you would hope he signed off on it first. Yes. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he had to. Yeah. The Queens know it's pressure, but Bethia thinks they will be well directed. We love a suck up. We should remind listeners that Rec is not the biopic about Ariel Rec. Speaking of, what a missed opportunity for a cameo. Mm-hmm. Remember Ariel Rec? She's very sweet, very, very kind. I got to interview her at uh, DragCon UK, but by interview, it was really her drag mom, killer queen answering the questions for her because Ariel Rex not good at anything else. Still fun times, great times. The action begins and Batita is having trouble not showing her back to the camera, but can we get any direction for her because we have Supreme and Paco literally speaking over one another. Uh, Did not expect that to be in the final edit. That made them both look really bad. It did. It really did. It was almost like a podcast of mine. I was like, wait, there's no excuse. I have technology as an excuse. You do not. You don't have a delay. (laughs) Petita has completely transformed herself. I don't know if this was her costume or it was from production, but she got those Jimbo tits on. She did. Big old, big old Jimbo tits. And she seemed like she's worn them before, which just seems wild. Petita is in the mode and messes up her lines and freezes. We love a distraction in it where we are going to be like, oh my God, she's going to do terrible. Suddenly we have Paquita pop out of the door and she looked terrifying good for her i love when pretty people look ugly because it makes me feel human (laughs) i know it was makeup it's not real because she's literally one of the most perfect humans ever she is she's gorgeous she's gorgeous 
The scene will cut as Bessia is told to work on her diction and vocalize as her words are getting lost. Bessia sees that she and her t- entire team are horrified. It's not going as planned. But the way that Paquita is just standing in the doorframe, glaring out, is what nightmares are derived from. That's my sleep paralysis demon. Literally. Bestia compares Paquita's performance to Gollum, and that is now a thing you officially cannot unsee. So you don't do Harry Potter. Do you do Lord of the Rings? I don't do Lord of the Rings either. Are you a nerd at all? I am not. Wow, good for you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I like Pokemon. That's probably much it. Okay, that, that's nerdish. That, that, that. <laughs> but that's a mainstream nerd, nerd, nerdism, nerd, nerdland. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and that's all the filming for the day. We'll have to wait for the final product coming to you soon. It's Elimination Day, and there's a murderer in the workroom as the girls scream their way into Elimination Day. To keep on them, Hornella will ask who is on theme. Hornella will ask who was the most frightened, and we will learn that Pink Shadora was comfortable. She liked it, as she only had five lines, so no Hollywood for her, though. Bestia is anxious to see it, as they can only imagine a lot of the magic. Bestia does not trust their work, despite others at the table feeling confident. Now, will they be judged individually or as a group? We all know it's Drag Race, so consistency is not a thing. Which do you think is better for a challenge like this, as a group or individually? I personally think as a group. And I'll say this because you're only as strong as your weakest. And honestly, if your group yeah. is like, I was like, it's a team effort. And also, how do you coach your teammate to also do better or meet you at your level? It's always the, the question when they de- decide well whether it's going to be individual or it's going to be by team. I always analyze it more than I probably should and be like, okay, who are they trying to save or who are they trying to eliminate in the situation? Mm-hmm. Um, because if we went by the team, I don't think they were ready to lose Clover or Visa to this week at all. Nope. So I think, so I almost wondered, like, did they make the decision on the day of, or did they make the decision before the episode aired? One day I'll find out all the secrets of Drag Race and I'll never tell anyone because it's a secret and I'll probably have to sign an NDA, but I want to know. I really want to know. Kelly jokes that she'll be in the bottom, but um, I suppose she just likes to manifest things. Honestly, she... Tension. She, she keeps in the room. She wanted she to happen. Uh, it's time to get in the face. The discussion for the day is about fear. First, what was their most frightening thing at work? Kelly says that she tries to see things from a funny side. And once she saw a man jerking off while she was singing, they kicked him out, but she still felt awful. What? Where? Right. It couldn't have been a bar. No, it can't be. It had to be somewhere else. It had to be like an open air public thing. Um, Because I was like, that's wild. Mm -hmm. Bessia says that people don't consider them as artists or people and more like a lamp on stage. She says that they are human beings and artists and they should be treated as such, which is absolutely 100% true. Clover says this happened to her where they see her and she looks like a real woman and the morbidity increases and they try to touch her. She says she freezes and gets angry as she looks for a solution for those situations. Paquita goes on to say that she's not, a, not seen as a woman in everyday life, but as soon as she cross-dresses, she's read as a woman, and sudden you're at a different level and she is afraid to go out because she knows that she looks really queer. 
Now, Hornella will discuss the feather, which our darling friend Amanda Masker has alerted me that that is slang for fag or queer. I did not know. It took us three episodes to finally figure that one out. She will say what um, that being a feather or a woman is a threat to fragile masculinity. She thinks it's a shame that they fear when they have to go out. Have you ever felt fearful going out, being true to yourself? I... I think for me, I have. I remember when I moved from when I moved from New York City to go to Ohio. I think that was the the real first time where I was yeah. like, "Wow, I got to actually think about my safety." Um, just being openly queer. So, I think I've I've been in those moments, and you know, they pop up sometimes where I'm just like, "How do I dress now?" Right. Uh, because you know the Boston gays out here are a little conservative. Uh, they listen. They love their button ups. They love their um, polos and izods mm-hmm. and boater shoes. Yep. Getting go to Kenny Bunkport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not stereotyping at all. Boston gays, you have Boston gays. You do have a stereotype, and it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, dare I say they have it? They stick up their ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Kelly discusses that choosing a safe space is not the solution, but there are safe places should anything happen that there will be someone to help them. Clover will point out there what that we as a community forget that the LGBTQ is more than just the G. She says even in a safe space, she doesn't feel completely safe. She notes that if a guy and a girl are kissing at a gay club, she's had friends point out that the heteros are here, but maybe they're not hetero. Maybe they're bisexual. She says that's the consequence of making some people invisible inside the community. I've known that as a thing in the back of my head, but I've never heard someone use words to express that. Yeah, no, it's something. No, it's something that it's in. I think they brought up a really important point because I know people who say shit like that. And, you know, me as an LBGTQ educator, right? I'm just like, you don't know their identity. And also you're assuming they're cis. A lot of things, just a lot of things. Bessie says it goes against what makes the community, which is inclusion. She believes there is resentment from people who say they had a hard time when discriminated against. So they do the same. We should be supporting instead of throwing stones as we've been attacked for all our lives. She notes that once we get power, we have a hierarchy in our own community and pass off people below us. Again, it's a thing that I felt for a very long time, even the hierarchy of the gaze and attractiveness. Like you have to be certain attractiveness to get into a club or you have to be certain attractiveness to be photographed at a party. Mm-hmm. It's not cute. It's not. It's harmful to the community. It really is. Really? I mean, I I, ha- I was talking to a friend earlier today, and he was showing me a picture from a pool party in LA. Um, and he's like, yeah, I think that my friend blah, blah, blah has the least body fat of everyone here. I was like, you're all fucking muscle and skinny men. I was like, I either would not be allowed there or I would be the photographer because I would not be allowed in your photo. Mm-hmm. We We've seen... When Fire Island season happens um, and the photos against that iconic rainbow uh, wall and everybody is very white. Very white. It's funny. 
they be going out to these beaches as if they don't burn underneath the sun. And I'd be like, <laughs> right. It's just one of those things where we are a marginalized community, yet we still marginalize each other. No, yeah. The hierarchy of like the hierarchy of a uh, like the ways in which people want to maintain power and status is very much also replicating the LBGTQ community. Yeah. The fact, like, yeah, white queer men, white, white cis men, gay men having the most privilege and also sometimes always mostly doing the most harm to the community by being racist, saying classist things, right? Or like perpetuating already harmful harmful things that are in our society. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I for a long time until I worked in nightlife, I would not go to gay bars because I never felt I belonged there. Like I went once to the duplex to review a show in the back room. I'm there for work. And I got an unsolicited message on Grinder saying, you don't belong here. You're too fat. And I was like, I'm not even trying to do nothing here today, but work. What gives you the right to say that? Mm-mm. You see me from across the room and you said, you don't belong here. No. And that's why I did not like the gay scene for so long um, until you get into the queer community and, and the nightlife. And then you're like, well, that's a whole different um world of inclusion but that's that's for a different podcast um it's just wild and i think this conversation i would love to have not had like another half hour of them talking about it um but this is drag race we only have so much time this is this is only an hour 28 minute episode god mtv would be freaking out if they had that much time they honestly they would (laughs) we are uh we're going to shift gears and visit Visa and Petita, who asked Visa about her family and if she misses them. Visa has been away for a long time and is living there. It's not like you can take a bus and hug your mom and dog. She is one of four children. She has a mom, but her father died. And it's time to hear Visa's story about her dad. She shares that her mom sold tortillas at a store. Visa was seven, and while at school, she heard an explosion. The school came for Visa and her siblings, took them home as their house was burning. A gas tank exploded inside, and her dad was in the house. Visa shares that she only has three memories of father. First, when she entered a room and saw him kicking her mom. We learned that her father did survive for a month, as the second memory was when they were taken to the hospital where he spent a month there. He suffered a lot. And the third memory was seeing him in a coffin where he was black and completely burnt. She will reveal that it hurt her that everyone loved her father because he had so many problems at home with her mom. And it hurts her that her mom was hurt. She's been in therapy to talk about it and understands many people loved him, but she lived with him and saw him beat her mom. She says it was awful and not right. She says her mom was only 32 years old with four children and three stores, knowing nothing. And Visa says she's 34 now and her mom already had four kids by this point. She says her mom suffered after his death, but she was never beaten again. This was so much vulnerability out of Visa where we have gotten literally nothing from her the rest Mm -hmm. of the season. This was a heartbreaking story it was and the fact that she was so vulnerable this on tv a lot it it was heavy it was it was a lot and i think her sharing her story i think opens up this space for other queer people that have probably navigated or experienced that or even non-queer people that have watched the show right yeah. Um, to be like, wow, this is a trauma that I've not the same trauma, but a similar trauma that I've experienced, right? And the way in which they were able to just articulate like 
yeah, it was hard to be like, wow, people were, you know, doing these condolences and things like that. But I was like, I actually know who this person was, yeah. right? How they were at home. It, it was really special to hear her talk about this and, and bravely talk about it. Obviously, we know why she was most likely prompted to talk about it. I'm not going to, I'm not saying she wouldn't have done it on her own, but story wise, we will understand why she did it. Um, But yeah, this was probably one of the most powerful personal stories I've heard on the show in a very long time. Yep. Um, Like I thought last week with Bestie and her aunt was, it was a lot. This one was even harder to hear. Mm -hmm. There was so many layers, but there's no transition, just a hug. And then we're going straight to the runway. It's like, okay, we needed one more beat there. Give us something, please. That was, that was a lot. It is Uki Spooky Night. Supreme is trying to get a guest spot on Dragula as she is the devil in disguise, dressed in black and painted red. Uh, what did you think of that look? I loved it. I think it was a little fun. Can't be. I mean, it was like, you know. I needed a tail. Where was the tail? I know. I needed, I needed a tail. On our panel, we have the hobbies who are really trying me with their fashion this week. Calvo and those low-rise jeans. Boot. Um, we have Anna Locking, who took a pause from doing Wild Drag this week. And finally, it's Paco Plaza, who is wearing a sparkly black suit that I would wear the fuck out of. Uh, very classy. Now, we're going to discuss our movies first, then move into the runways. Are you ready? I'm ready. El Guananato. We're going to see a lot of creepy dolls and I'm like, pass. We're going to start off with Kelly Roller and her one skate being overdramatic, think she, thinking she's doing Shakespeare. Why did she do the skate bit? Honestly, I truly... I Did she think it was funny? I don't think she... I think she just thinks it's like... She was like, I know how to do this. I'm going to just do this. Pink Shadora's Centris could have been better, but she is very good at being creepy. Mm-hmm. Very good at being creepy. Vania was fine. Her reveal could have been funnier. There was a moment when Vania is doing the oink and Paco could be seen being like, what is happening? He was very uncomfy and I was, I was as well. This scene had a lot of dead air where Kelly was forced to do nothing as the other two were having a scene behind her. I blame the direction because there was simply nothing for her to act against because the scene was on the dead kids. So it's not her fault for doing nothing. It was kind of rude to like tell her you should have done more. She needed yep. an action. So I, I kind of blame Supreme and uh, Paco for that one. Yep. For not giving them. Yeah. Cause I was like, there's things they could have said to cue them to be like, Oh, do this. Right. Cause yeah. if, I, if I'm not, if I'm not given material that I can't even improvise with. Yeah. This is, this was a hard scene. This was very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slow entrance of Hornella was very well done. She had great comedic timing. Love the sunglasses to the glasses reveal. So stupid. Kelly just had no humor. Um, and when she did, it was right on. But I think it was the script. Like, th- she was the straight man in the act. Like, she was not supposed to be the funny one. And they wanted her to be hilarious. And I'm like, how? What would you want her to do? Yeah. There was only so much she could do. Now, we're going to find out that perhaps the dentist points in the kids with the lollipops. And that's another reason why I just hate and don't trust dentists. But that was just a red herring because it was Juana, a.k.a. Hornella, who was the laundry person. It was a revenge act, and she's ready to kill, so she summons the ghosts who then kill her by eating her. What a strange scene. Again, a lot of dead space for each actor. Aside for Hanella, she was very much the star of this scene. She was. She was. Um, something was amiss, and I wonder if it was lost in translation or it was just lack of knowledge of the source material. 
I think it's a, I think it'll mix for both. I think it's a mix for both. Um, definitely. Time for drag wreck. We are now ready to see our reporter get the scoop. Watching Bestie and Petita fake walk up the stairs. So campy. I love that shit. I love classic slapstick comedy. Same. Petita played the bimbo so well, like it was crazy to see how easy it was for her. Vestia was in a whole different world with the makeup, but I think she stayed true to her character, which I appreciated. She did. She did. If you told me to pair the people up by what they were wearing, I never would have put these three together. Same. Love the placement of the network um, that Drag Race airs on the me- on the microphone. That was very, very smartly done. Uh, good for them. They were probably like, no, you are going to be on our network. You are going to give us a product placement. <laughs> Do they need it? No. On second watch, I will say Batita really was a star here. I do think all three of them camped up the scene to exactly what was required. And even Paquita as this little demonic zombie gremlin, very well crafted. So I, (laughs) that was hilarious though. (laughs) Did you notice that the police tape fell off the doorframe and no one blinked an eye? Yep. (laughs) They didn't say cut and put it back. I like, Again, stupid. Come on, production. Did you not catch that? You know the stupid fans, a.k.a. me, are going to catch that shit. And again, how tiny is Paquita? Apparently tinier than me. Um, Like, she might be George's tiny. Oh, she might be. Oh, my gosh. She might be Jack's tiny. Mm. Someone go find out for me. <laughs> I'm not sure if this was just well acted or the script was that strong, but this was by far the best scene of the three. I, I think it was the best. I also think it was the strongest. Yeah. Um, I think for all the scenes, though, I needed a little more graphic campery. Like, if you're going to do, like, puke or blood, give me that, like, splattering like SNL does. Like, make it funny. Make it stupid. Yeah. Um, and then Paquita dragging Petita was the campiest thing I've seen. Oh, my God, that was so dumb. So It was so stupid. Yeah, this was why my this was my favorite. And finally, Las Otras, our final scene, brings us to a nursery from hell. Even from the start, the scene was off to a rocky start as Clover is supposed to react to light from a phone. And there is literally nothing to react to. That phone did not light up. It did not. Visa was really struggling to carry this first part of the scene. She had no variety. It didn't quite capture the essence of what the character desired. Then we'll have Clover's character ask why her mom covered the bodies of her nannies and how she could make them so stiff. She was bored. So she impaled them. She missed the joke. She did. She missed the joke. And this is the theme of the scene. But with the scene being so slow paced that it didn't come to life until the Macarena arrived and she literally brought it to life. She was very good. She was really good on that. Um, if her runway didn't suck, I think she might, she could have won. Agreed. When Mary Pompin starts taking the sheets off and we have that pit crew member doing the eye thing, I cackled. I was like, oh my God, he's doing better than the fucking girls are. He's like, this is my moment. Yeah. And I really kind of wish that Maria Delia's reveal was saved for this moment. Cause that would have been hilarious. I think we all would have gagged. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they showed us earlier? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, this, is a question. this is a questionable. I want to know where Choo Choo and Chanel were. 
Someone's got to tell me. Find them. Then the whole, the other's vocal gag was not executed. And that was the whole punchline of the scene. It really forced the girls to try harder despite them not, despite them having the control of it. Um, but the thing that got me is I died when the music played and it was Arancha's verse from the girl group challenge in season one. Is that officially the Spanish version of Roxy Andrews Reggie wrote you? I think it is. I think it is. Arancha. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, and from there, the scene went off the rails and you can even see that the Macarena and Clover were watching deadpan on stage. You're like, they hated it. <laughs> I think the editors could have fixed a lot of the scene in post, especially when there was so much nonsensical moaning. But alas, they needed a fallback scene to prove one sucked. Then we had that whole twist that Mary Pompins was in on it. And then Visa just opens her shirt and pales Mary. I don't know. I'm glad it was over. Uh, in the end, no bueno. It was not good. It was not good. a bad. A bad. It was bad. No. All right. Category is my worst me. In honor of the runway, we are going to play simply the worst or it could get worse. And it's a play on Simply the Best. That's why it's Simply the Worst. And Simply the Worst is actually the good one this week. Mm-hmm. Starting off with Vania Vania. No designers listed. Finally, she's giving some fashion. I think the Fear of Spiders is a very simple concept. And we have had many looks in this department. But she does it well because it does feel heightened. I love the purple on her and how the black is the accent here. The webbing back piece is a bit flimsy. I do wish that the bottom tool matched the rich purple on the dress love this hair on her it is so youthful overall best thing she's worn all season i think so too how are you with spiders me and spiders i squish those motherfuckers oh you're not scared of those what are you scared of what's your biggest fear oh gosh clowns oh yep and you like drag queens you're gonna be a drag queen right okay we're gonna break this apart one day I'll give this simply the worst. Yes, simply the worst. Audience, 83% simply the worst. 17%, it could get worse. Kelly Roller, no designers listed. She first is going to be paying homage to Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala, which is a choice in itself. Um, I think she looked like, and this is a reference that's going to be lost in you, a Dementor from Harry Potter. It's not suited her and fitting well. When she does the reveal, I just lost the narrative that she's trying to serve. This was a perfect opportunity for Kelly to be ugly. Instead, we get a typical Kelly look, which is good, but not for this runway. No, it's too pretty. Yeah. It's too pretty. And, like, yeah, the the reveal to be... Really? Uh, or yeah, your, it, was, it didn't work it was missed i almost wonder what would have happened if she didn't take it off right i don't know paco says he thinks she did a fantastic job as the mother ambrosi says it's clear that she is professional and has talent for acting but didn't think she was funny enough calvo says her scene partners hog the camera he says he her look didn't seduce him Anna says her look is a clear reference to Kim Kardashian and her Balenciaga dress for the Met Gala, but says the look was about precisely covering the skin completely as a second skin. She says the magic of the beginning was lost because all the structure should have been tight like a body on her skin as a real second skin. She says her reveal made her think of a gladiator's body, which they've seen many times. It could get worse. It could get worse. It could get worse. I think just for this, again, Miss, I think the judges were correct. Like, literally, the thing that made Kim's outfit, Kim's outfit was 
because it was skin tight. Yeah. Oh my God. I was so happy that I could critique Kim's outfit this week at the Met Gala and be like, no exposed corset ruined the entire look. It did. It was terrible. Um, audience 31% simply the worst 69% it could get worse Ornana Gongora look by Mantaya Zanotti this look is to represent the moment in her life where she locked herself in a personal jail through the social stigma of HIV I like the concept but I would have not necessarily gotten it had she not told us I think this is a really different look for her and it's well executed when the pieces come together otherwise it's just a very basic cat suit with black boots and caging it's Mm -hmm. a good styled concept Watching the Rose reveal, getting no reaction from the judges, though, kind of hilarious, because I don't think they got it. They, I don't think they did, no. They it was didn't. good, though. I liked it. I liked it. Simply the worst. Simply the worst. Audience 73, simply the worst. 27%, it could get worse. Pink Shadora, look by Mercedes Alvarez, Caballos, and Harvey. Hair by Quindam Wiggs. She looks beautiful. And that's where the sends for me. The story she is selling is about not having formed a family yet, so she is being a goddess with cyst-shaped babies. There was nothing magical about this, and the fake babies cheap in the concept. I was utterly confused. But at least she had good hair. The hair was... The hair was it was beautiful. beautiful. She oh. always has good hair. I gotta style the wig. I gotta style the wig that you got me. Yeah, you do. We gotta see that that fantasy put to life soon. I know, I know. I think this was about the time that you were like, I promise I will be in drag by now. I know, I know. I just been so busy and tired from work. It's okay. This summer, you got nothing to do. And That's why you, you have things to do, but less things to do. Less things to do. Uh, it could get worse. It could get worse. Audience, 25% simply the worst. 75%, it could get worse. The Macarena, no designers listed. The judges knew it the second she entered the stage. The worst of her is when she sabotaged herself in the first design challenge on the first episode of the first season of Drag Race España. I think this was a brilliant idea. I think reclaiming a trauma is wonderful. Was it an upgrade to the OG? Barely. Seeing the side-by-side, it's looking at two different people, but that's also a very different story. Um, We're going to fire her um, spray tanner. I think she nails the color story. I love that she's going out without a wig cap, with only a wig cap and not a wig, to remind us when her wig came off during lip sync. Mm -hmm. I just wish this was even more glamorous and spectacular. This was a half-baked result. It was a half-baked result. Oh, Macarena, come on. This is your second chance. What are you doing? Baco says she is shown in the challenge as her character was clearly defined and very funny. He says she owned the characterizations, took advantage of the gadgets, and it defined her job. Cabo says they didn't know what the scene was about with the other actresses, but when she appeared, she explained it without speaking, just her body language. He says of her look, she, he, her, she prefers others, but there's a story in it. Anna says that there is something missing with her look, the hanging piece of paper and the high heels John loved. The Macarena says it's too correct, the past and not repeat it. Ambrosi says from humor to glamour. I'll give it a soft, simply the worst. Same, soft, simply the worst. Because it was an upgrade, but not as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Audience, 69% simply the worst, 31% it could get worse. Cloverbish, look by Matthias Zanotti. She is showcasing the Afro and defending racialized people. This was a powerful story and a really strong showing from Clover. 
The way that comb was spinning, that was camp. But I think the story of how personal hair really is gets spoke, rarely gets spoken about. And to see that get a spotlight on Drag Race was very important and very special. Love mm-hmm. the garment. It's really sexy and purposeful. It's the shoes. They're terrible. I think a black pump would have been sufficient. A black pump. Yep. A black pump. And like, that's the only thing that I see that would have just. A black pump or an orange pump. Yeah. Match it. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, probably harder to match that orange, though. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it was really important that we had a hair conversation on Drag Race because we don't really do those. We don't. We don't. Ambrosi says that she was in and out of character. He says when it was her moment to speak, she was in it, and it kind of worked, but then she looked lost. He says she seemed to have only one feature, which was the crazy one, and the character didn't seem complete, saying she lacked different shades. Calvo says that her character wasn't complete and wanted to see more about the girl. He says if he were a queen, her look is the first look he'd choose. Anna says that she dragged the look wonderfully. She says it was well executed, and she destroyed it to put the focus on the real story, which is the hair. I will give it simply the worst. Simply the worst. Audience, 79% simply the worst. 21%, it could get worse. Visa, no design assisted. This was the moment. She is representing her father's death with this look and telling a grand story. First, we see this creepy doll walk out with a birthday cake. And then it goes all aflame. And she does this magical reveal where the dress gets charred. Her hair is gone and her face is burned. This is brilliant storytelling. I'm glad we heard about the story in the workroom first as it did help with the context. Drag should feel dangerous. And she did that. This was a very powerful moment. I thought it was a very powerful moment. I I think I was just gasped when I saw, yeah. the, saw, the, saw the look. It was so well done. Um, and who knew you can have fire on stage? Right. <laughs> Ambrosi says that she made him cry on the runway. He says there was something beyond the contest, something humane that connected him to her. He says in the challenge, however, and all the phrases sounded equally, the intention was the same. He says it was difficult to follow the story, the tone, the rhythm. He was lost and wanted more brightness. Bako says there is a clear bet to the villain's caricature, and although it works, it is funny. At the end of the day, it's tiresome and not monotonous. Calvo says it's difficult for them because on the runway, she was the best, but in the challenge, she was one of the worst. I think this is... One of the best of the season, simply the worst. Simply the worst. And the audience agrees 100% simply the worst. Petita, look and hair by Petita. I know I'm going to be controversial, but she has set the the bar so high for herself where if this was a look from week one, I'd be impressed. But for week four, the standard is so high, I wanted something even grander. The -hmm. story of the cigarette is really powerful. I am one of those people who wishes no one on the planet would smoke don't like it i think it all comes down to the final element of the look which was the pencil dress that is fashioned to look like a quote fag if i dare say and it looked so cheap i do appreciate that the face is supposed to represent the burning butt and the smoke it's a good look but she's already done better exactly she's already done better it was just she had more promise Mm mm-hmm Anna says when she was watching her in the challenge, she saw Nicole Kidman in To Die For. She was a crazy woman, desperate to be famous and find a big scoop to have her own TV show and claw her way up. She says the end was incredible with the girl dragging her and her still wanting to tell the news. 
Cavo says it was the caricature that they all knew, but she knew it well. He says he couldn't take her eye, his eyes off of her. He would pay to see the series about Angela Montero. Supreme says that the final result was fantastic, but she and Paco doubted the final scene. She says she was able to defend her character, her role, and her proposal. Paco jokes that he is thinking of shooting Rec 5. Your whole asshole won't survive. That was a title. Don't think any studio would allow that one. Anna says that she showed the cigarette perfectly and they saw fashion, glamour, sophistication, and camp. She says her acting and her look on the runway were a complete success. I'm going to give this a soft, simply the worst. So uh, I agree. A soft, simply the worst. Because it wasn't bad. It just could have been better. Yeah. Could have been elevated more. Absolutely. All right. Audience, 57% simply the worst. 43%. It could get worse. Bestia. Skin by Jorge Escalante. Corset by Diego de Vienma. Tongue by Christina Cano del La Torre. Hair by Quindam Wiggs. She is going for the monster that lives inside her head, and damn, that monster is on the loose. I think in the light, right lighting, this was Dragula worthy. I yep. love the horror and the terror of this look with that tongue holding the head in the most demonic way. Bestia is so good at the style of dragon. It's really impressive to see it's showcased and celebrated on Drag Race because mm-hmm. some other franchises don't let that happen. Love that she's giving you that queen favorite stone wig, but it's done in a way that's glamour and horror uniting perfectly. No, no, it's one of my favorites. Again, I the, I have to agree with you. One of my favorites. And I also think, yeah, if it was Dragula lighting, this would have been like 10 times amplified. Yeah, uh, Hosta Teratomo, this would have been like, oh my God, Hosta Teratomo is amazing. But mm-hmm. when you look at it lighting, you're like, Hosa, what's, what are you wearing? It's not good. Yep. This was so good. It's simply the worst. Simply the worst. Audience 93%, simply the worst. 7%, it could get worse. And finally, we have Paquita. Look by Hiramo de Cumo, here by Gonzalo de Belido. This was an interesting one where, again, we were telling a story of beauty and hair. I think the storytelling was brilliant. I was just not a fan of what she was actually wearing. Yeah, I no. know the look. It is an example of femininity and beauty, which contra- contrasts perfectly with the no hair reveal. I just wanted more glam. I think more glam. Like her face is beat. I love that. So good. But could have been more glam. Could have been like spiced up a bit. Like I want a gown. Like yep. a full stone gown. Ambrosi says that he falls in love with her each time she appears on the runway. He says that she acted while she walked and says it was moving, getting lost in her eyes. He says in the challenge, she had a very different role and she was really smart because she created a big character. He says it if it, she was, I'm afraid of this and don't trust what I've got, so I'll do something crazy and let, let me fly. Anna will highlight her body language, which was incredible, not only the makeup to look so ugly, but her posture. She loves the contrast when it comes to her look between the 50s Hollywood style with the big train and her heart neckline and the intense black pencil skirt, which makes her strong. She says when she appeared with the blonde wig, she looked fantastic. And now with so little hair, she looks gorgeous. I wanted more. It could get worse. It could get worse. Audience, 57% simply the worst. 43% it could get worse. Now, after telling them they were all terrific, Supreme reveals that they will be judged individually. She calls forward the Macarena, Clover, Kelly, Petita, Visa, and Paquita as the tops and bottoms, meaning Vania, Hornella, Pinchadora, and Bestia are safe. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, this was, I think, spot on. It was like um, straightforward. It was like, you can see it. Yeah, I think Hornella could have moved up a little bit, but I think the Macarena's performance was better and Hornella's look was not better than yep. the Macarena. So I think it was right neck and neck there. 
We're going to visit the workroom where the safe girls are glad to be safe. Bestia's asshole was, in fact, in fear. So they're going to discuss who they think of the tops and bottoms. And Pixador thinks the tops will be Patiza and Paquita. But Hornella will admit that the Macarena was very good. Finally, they're giving her flowers. They're being nice to her. And credit. Pink Shadora says, be careful of the Macarena. She didn't know she was such a good actress. Venia will ask the rest of her team if they think they saved Kelly, but Bessia thinks she did a good job. She is reminded, though, that Kelly was in the bottom the last few weeks. Bessia believes the final decision from the judges was made based on the looks, to which Pink Shadora notes that Kelly doesn't quite hit it on the runway. She thinks maybe she's too attached to her character. What do you think about that? I think she is. She, she's definitely attached to her character. And you saw it here in this runway look where she didn't give what the challenge asked for. I personally think so. I agree. Like on the, at least for the runway, like you didn't deliver what the category was. I mean, the worst me do it without uh, skates. Right. There's the story right there. I don't know. The tops and bottoms are back, and Kelly is all smiles once again. She is the power bottom of the season, and she's loving that title. She says they told her acting was good, and she is talented for stage, but she was just not funny enough, and they didn't like the look. She will tell us that if she has to lip sync, she doesn't want to do it against Clover, as she's like her sister now. She feels the need to hug her and protect her, and I was like, four episodes, where was this relationship? I hadn't seen it at all. Right, I think the editing, again, we got we to give it to World of Wonder for it, the editing. Paquita will say that they said only good things about her and Petita. Petita is in shock simply based on how the filming went. Now the Macarena will share that it's taken her two years and five complete episodes, but they told her nice things. She's dreamed of this moment for so long. Look at her. So she's so happy. She's like, they said something nice about me. Visa will will admit that she can't memorize the script and it was hard for her to be funny as she doesn't understand their humor. Which is a very interesting point because, like you said, like some things just don't translate to non-Spanish Spanish speakers. Mm-hmm. But for her, this was a difficult runway for her, but is, she is happy that they told her it was the best. The queens are all going to put their hands in as they're all in this together. It's time to find out the results. For a second week in a row, Petita is the winner of the week. In addition to money, she wins a fabulous stay from Axel Hotels in San Sebastian. I want to go on a vacation... I know I'm going to LA, but that's not a full vacation. I want a beach. I'm going to Puerto Rico in a few weeks. Or first week of June. Well, isn't that special? I hope you have a great time. I need it. You know, I know know, you deserve it. You deserve it. The work I've been doing. You deserve it. Makita, the Macarena and Visa are safe, leaving Clover and Kelly as the bottom two. Do you agree? I agree. This song is I Mama by Rigoberta Bandini. Have you heard this song before? Nope. It was cool. It was a fun song. They were good. And you know know how I know that song was fun? Because these performers went in. (laughs) They sure did. This was a good battle as both queens are actually good at the art of performing and lip syncing. Mm -hmm. Kelly, I think in any other week without her track record, had hope of staying. But she has seen the bottom too many times to save her. Yep. Clover had issues in the heels, and to prevent pure chaos, she dropped the fro, and then she just ate. She ate it up. Is she mother? I think she's, she is, I think she's mother. She's mother. Um, I love that when the lyrics talked about boobies, she's like, here are mine. What a smart move. She's the, I'm playing to the audience, I'm playing to the song, I know what I'm doing. Do you 
You think they did this on purpose? That this was the song because she was going to be the bottom. I think they did. Um, I think this was my favorite performance of the season for a lip sync. I think so too. I, it was just so good. I like you can tell they wanted like from the performance. You can tell how bad they both wanted it. Absolutely. Um, at first I didn't want Clover to take the bottom off, but then she gave us the trans flag moment, the titty tassels, and then the writing. I did not be- catch what the her what was written on her stomach. Same. I couldn't. I couldn't. If someone wants to tell us, please let us know. But um, hey, we love storytelling like that. Kelly is eliminated as Clover is saved. Do you agree? I agree. I think Kelly had too many chances. It was her time. It was her time. I just also can't believe how emotional Supreme got sending Kelly home. It was... I, I've i never seen a, a judge on any of the franchises get this emotional for someone leaving. Yeah. And then hearing... I think Kelly probably had one of the longest goodbyes I've ever ever seen on Drag Race. I almost wonder if, like, I'm I'm assuming because Kelly is pretty pretty big in the Spanish drag scene. I had followed her prior to Drag Race España one, so I've known her um, for a while. I mean, I don't think I, I didn't get to see her, but I remember when she did Drag Wars once when she was in America. Um, so that was a moment. But they must have some relationship. They must yeah. have some outside relationship. So it must be hard for her to be like, you didn't cut it. I got to cut you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the, I mean, I mean, we both know this from like the New York City nightlife, right? Um, like we see those relationships bond over those years. And then one is in a different position from the other. And when yeah. things got to get real, things got to get real. That's true. Now, of course, we find out that Kelly is not out just yet. I've asked it every week. I, I think I, I'm I'm sticking with what I think it's going to be. What do you think the twist is going to be? What's the comeback? I think it's going to be a lip sync battle. I think so too. It makes sense, especially because it's set up the same exact way as All Star Six. Yep, I think it's going to be that. There's something about lip syncing that this franchise is like. Yes, let's do it. I mean, yes, this franchise, but also like Hispania. These queens can perform. They sure can. They sure can. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Yes. What is Kelly's legacy? Being Kelly. Yeah, she was trade and she had, I think the biggest problem for her was she was so well known and the expectations were so high that mm-hmm. it was going to be hard for her to do poorly and not be criticized harsher. Yeah. Um, I think she's right for an all-star season. Yeah, or I think a versus the world season somewhere. I think she's good for yeah, versus the world or an all-star season. She's she's good. I asked this question to everybody now. That's a new thing in 2023. Who won the week? Uh Petita, I think. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Visa only because of that story and the vulnerability. Um, I think Visa had a really good episode. Probably the first time we actually saw Visa this, got to know this who, season. But well, I got to know who she actually was. Yeah. All right, next week it's time for Snatch Game. Who do you think will snatch a victory and who will game themselves out of the competition? I am feeling very nervous for Clover for next Terrified. Week. Absolutely terrified. And like, I, I love them. Mm-hmm. There's something enduring about them that I love. Um, I'm also terrified for Visa. I, same. Same. I feel like the, these are the, the, the contestants on the show that might not do well when it comes to doing this improv challenge. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Well, after four episodes, the winner of the season is... 
Oh my gosh, this is hard. You know, I don't want to be a cliche, but I'm going to be cliche. If a person that already has two wins and like two big challenges, Batita, it's, it's them. I want it to be Bestia, but I think Batita is kind of like proving she can do what she does well and wins, proving that what we think she wasn't going to do well and wins. It's going to be hard to beat her. She's, they love her. Yeah. Her runways are good. Her runways are good. I also think that she might be playing a really strategic game of being mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to show you weakness. And Can you be- imagine the first broken girl to win drag race with a fucking broken finger. Right. <laughs> Everyone else goes home because they can't walk. And this one's like, I've got a cast on and I don't fucking care. Right. <laughs> That'd be insane. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at rootless underscore youth, uh, Venmo, Jeremy dash Torres dash five. Uh, Cash app is Jeremy 96. Uh, And fun projects. Don't have any like really fun projects going on. I just wrapped up uh, like, you know, this, I just wrapped up some really big things over at work. Uh, mm-hmm. so very excited to have those big projects done. Um, also, just to like, you know, this my joy is like celebrating LGBTQ youth. So I was just very happy I did that, and now I'm exhausted from doing that. <laughs> hey, you know uh, what? Good things happen. You got to be exhausted if it's good. Mm-hmm. Hard work pays off. It does. It does. Um, but yeah, just taking it chill. Like, and if any listeners are in Boston, hang out with me. I'm always down to hang out. Listen, Jeremy's party animal. I see. I see those um, videos. You like party? <laughs> I do. I do. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, it is always a pleasure when you're here. I can't wait to talk about Dragos Mexico. I know. I'm excited. 